Section 16 of Medieval Hymns and Sequences. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Medieval Hymns and Sequences by John Mason Neal. Hic Brevi Vivitor. Bernardo Cluny, 12th century. Footnote. I have no hesitation in saying that I look on these verses of Bernard as the most lovely, in the same way that the Dies Irae is the most sublime, and the Stabat Mater the most pathetic of medieval poems. They are even superior to that glorious hymn on the same subject, the De Gloria et Gaudis Paradisi of St. Peter Damien. For the sake of comparison, I quote some of the most striking stanzas of the latter, availing myself of the admirable translation of Mr. Wackerbarth. There nor waxing moon nor waning, sun nor stars in courses bright, for the Lamb to that glad city shines in everlasting light. There the daylight beams forever, all unknown are time and night. For the saints in beauty beaming shine in light and glory pure, crowned in triumphs flushing honors, joy and unison secure, and in safety tell their battles and their foes discomfiture. Freed from every stain of evil, all their carnal wars are done, for the flesh made spiritual, and the soul agree in one. Peace unbroken spreads enjoyment, sin and scandal are unknown. Here they live in endless being, passingness has passed away, here they bloom, they thrive, they flourish, for decay it is all decay. Lasting energy hath swallowed darkling death's malignant sway. Though each one's respective merit hath its varying palm assigned, love takes all as his possession, where his power hath all combined, so that all that each possesses all partake in unconfined. Christ thy soldier's palm of honor, unto this thy city free. Lead me when my warfare's girdle I shall cast away from me a partaker in thy bounty, with thy blessed ones to be. Grant me vigor while I labor, in the ceaseless battle pressed, that thou mayst the conflict over, grant me everlasting rest, and I may at length inherit thee my portion ever blessed. With the above it is worthwhile to compare some of the concluding stanzas of the Christ triumph after death of Giles Fletcher, who clearly had St. Peter Damien's poem in his mind. Here may the band that now in triumph shines, and that before they were invested thus, in earthly bodies carried heavenly minds, pitch round about in order glorious, their sunny tents and houses luminous, all their eternal day in songs enjoying, joying their end without end of their joying, while their almighty prince destruction is destroying. No sorrow now hangs clouding on their brow, no bloodless malady impales their face, no age drops on their hair his silver snow, no nakedness their bodies doth embase, no poverty themselves and theirs disgrace. No fear of death the joy of life devours, no unchaste sleep their precious time deflowers, no loss, no grief, no change wait on their winged hours. But now their naked bodies scorn the cold, and from their eyes joy looks and laughs at pain. The infant wonders how he came so old, the old man how he came so young again. 
where all are rich and yet no gold they owe and all are kings and yet no subjects know all full and yet no time on food they do bestow for things that pass are past manifestly the nam transiri transiit of st peter as the wonder of the infant and the old man is simply a development of the nam minute non deformes of hildebert but in the stanza that follows fletcher has the advantage over bernard hildebert and damien by his sublime allusion to the beatific vision in mist of the city celestial where the eternal temple should have rose lightened the idea beatifical end and beginning of each thing that grows whose self no end nor yet beginning knows that hath no eyes to see nor ears to hear yet sees and hears and is all eye all ear that nowhere is contained and yet is everywhere with respect to the poem of bernard mr trench says very well after referring to the ode of casimir's orit me patrie decor that both turn upon the same theme the heavenly homesickness but with all the classical beauty of the ode and it is great who does not feel the poor cluniac monks is the more real and deeper utterance that despite the strange form which he has chosen he is the greater poet the ode however is well worthy of translation and here is an attempt it kindles all my soul my country's loveliness those starry choirs that watch around the pole and the moon's tender light in heavenly fires through golden halls that roll o chorus of the night o planets sworn the music of the spheres to follow lovely watchers that think scorn to rest till day appears me for celestial homes of glory born why here o why so long do ye behold an exile from on high here o ye shining throng with lilies spread the mound where i shall lie here let me drop my chain and dust to dust returning cast away the trammels that remain the rest of me shall spring to endless day there are two other passages in modern latin poets which are well worthy perusal on a similar subject though the principal part of their beauty lying rather in expression than in thought i have not considered it worth while to translate them i allude to the fourteenth elegy of the third book of the suspiria anime amantis of Hermann hugo and to the tenth elegy of the first book of jacobus levicotius which is entitled an aspiration to the celestial country End of footnote. the author of the poem whence these lines are taken was bernard of cluny one of the smaller stars in that constellation of learning and piety which adorned france in the twelfth century the poem itself consists of about three thousand lines and is entitled on the contempt of the world the part which follows is near the conclusion i have here deviated from my ordinary rule of adopting the measure of the original because our language if it could be tortured to any distant resemblance of its rhythm would utterly fail to give any idea of the majestic sweetness which invests it in latin its difficulty in that language is such that bernard in a preface expresses his belief that nothing but the special inspiration of the spirit of god could have enabled him to employ it through so long a poem it is a dactylic hexameter divided into three parts between which a caesura is inimmissible the hexameter has a tailed rhyme 
and feminine leonine rhyme between the two first clauses thus tunc nova gloria pectora sobria clarificabit salvit enigmata verace sabata continuabit patria luminous insia turbinus insia litus sive pitor amplifica pitor israelitis it often happens that the two first clauses will have a triple rhyme as o miserabilis insatiabilis insatiata but this is merely accidental the effect in english would be this i quote from the beginning of the same poem time will be ending soon heaven will be rending soon fast we and pray we comes the most merciful comes the most terrible watch we while we may as it is evident that no labor nor skill could have given in such bonds anything approaching to an adequate idea of the beauty of bernard's poem i preferred a simple measure the rather that the verses were not of that class which are intended for music i should also add that i have very much abbreviated the original and perhaps the lines that follow cannot claim to be more than a close imitation brief life is here our portion brief sorrow short-lived care the life that knows no ending the tearless life is there o oh, happy retribution short toil eternal rest for mortals and for sinners a mansion with the blessed that we should look poor wanderers to have our home on high that worms should seek for dwellings beyond the starry sky and now we fight the battle and then we wear the crown of full and everlasting and passionless renown then glory yet unheard of shall shed abroad its ray resolving all enigmas in endless sabbath day then then from his oppressors the hebrew shall go free and celebrate in triumph the year of jubilee and the sunlit land that recks not of tempest or of fight shall fold within its bosom each happy israelite mist power that knows no limit and wisdom free from bound the beatific vision shall glad the saints around and peace for war is needless and rest for storm is past and goal from finished labor and anchorage at last their god my king in portion in fullness of his grace shall we behold forever and worship face to face their jacob into israel from earthlier self estranged and leah into rachel forever shall be changed there all the halls of zion for i shall be complete and in the land of beauty all things of beauty meet footnote leah and rachel are allegorized in three different ways by medieval poets one of the active and contemplative life and thence also by an easy transition to the toil we endure on earth and the eternal contemplation of god's glory in heaven as here so again in a fine but rugged prose in the nuremberg missal for st jerome's day then when all carnal strife hath ceased and we from warfare are released o grant us in that heavenly feast to see thee as thou art to leah give the battle won her rachel's dearer heart to martha when the strife is done her mary's better part the parallel symbol of martha and mary is however in this sense far more common and is even found in epitaphs 
as in that to Gunreha de Warren, daughter of William the Conqueror. A Martha to the houseless poor, a Mary in her love, and though her Martha's part be gone, her Mary's lives above. Bernard in the passage we are considering has a double propriety in the changes of which he speaks. Israel, according to St. Augustine's rendering, means he that beholds God. Rachel, according to the unwarrantable medieval explanation, that beholds the beginning, i.e. Christ. Thus the change spoken of is from earth to the beatific vision, and has a reference also to the new name and white stone of the Apocalypse. The second allegory of Leah and Rachel expounds them of the synagogue and the church. To this we shall have occasion to allude in a poem of Adam of St. Victor. The third makes them to represent earthly affliction patiently endured, succeeded by joy. So a contemporary poem on the martyrdom of St. Thomas, Post agar ludibrium sarai natus dator, post laiam ad libitum Jacob usurator. End of footnote. To thee, O dear, dear country, mine eyes their vigils keep, for very love beholding thy happy name they weep. The mention of thy glory is unction to the breast, in medicine and sickness, and love and life and rest. O one, O onely mansion, O paradise of joy, where tears are ever banished, and smiles have no alloy, beside thy living waters all plants are, great and small, the cedar of the forest, the hyssop of the wall. With jaspers glow thy bulwarks, thy streets with emeralds blaze. The sartius and the topaz unite in thee their rays. Thy ageless walls are bonded with amethyst unpriced. Thy saints build up its fabric, and the cornerstone is Christ. Footnote. It is not without a deep mystical meaning that these stones are selected by the poet, as the reader will see by referring to pages 43 through 47. End of footnote. Thou hast no shore, fair ocean, thou hast no time, bright day, dear fountain of refreshment to pilgrims far away. Upon the rock of ages they raise thy holy tower. Thine is the victor's laurel, and thine the golden dower. Thou feel'st in mystic rapture, O bride that knowest no guile, the prince's sweet kisses, the prince's loveliest smile, unfading lilies, bracelets of living pearl, thine own, the lamb is ever near thee, the bridegroom thine alone. And all thine endless leisure and sweetest accents sings, the ills that were thy merit, the joys that are thy kings. Jerusalem the golden, with milk and honey blessed, beneath thy contemplation sink heart and voice oppressed. I know not, oh, I know not what social joys are there, what radiancy of glory, what light beyond compare. And when I fain would sing them, my spirit fails and faints, and vainly would it image the assembly of the saints. They stand, those halls of Zion, conjubilant with song, and bright with many an angel, and many a martyr throng. The prince is ever in them, the light is eye serene, the pastures of the blessed are decked in glorious sheen. There is the throne of David, and there, from toil released, the shout of them that triumph, the song of them that feast. And they, beneath their leader, who conquered in the fight, forever and forever, are clad in robes of white. 
Jerusalem, the glorious, the glory of the elect, O dear and future vision, that eager hearts expect. Even now by faith I see thee, even here thy walls discern, to thee my thoughts are kindled, and strive, and pant, and yearn. Jerusalem, the onely, that lookst from heaven below, in thee is all my glory, in me is all my woe. And though my body may not, my spirit seeks thee fain, till flesh and earth return me to earth and flesh again. O land that seest no sorrow, O state that fearest no strife, O princely bowers, O land of flowers, O realm and home of life. End of section 16